Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You all, welcome to the Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong and Happy. You're here with your co-hosts, Stephanie Richardson and Heather Smith. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show where your wrongness is really a strongness and happiness is just a choice. Thanks for being here. Oh my yeah. goodness. Today's one of those today's one of those we have a we have a topic loosely, but we don't yep. actually have a topic today, except for noticing that all sorts of bizarre things. The the world feels a little topsy turvy. Don't know if any of you have noticed it or not. Um, but the world is a strange place right now, and including I don't I don't know how many of you guys have iPhones, but right now my iPhone every time I try to type the word I, uh, uh-huh. it changes it to the letter A, and then a question mark in a box. Which I find really funny because every time I try to define myself in some way, I literally get a question. (laughs) I have now become a question. (laughs) Well, I wonder what's possible with that. (laughs) Well, you know, I've been asking for it for a long time. I just didn't know it would show up that way. (laughs) On iPhone. (laughs) On an iPhone. iPhone. I'm undefined. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> it's led to some strange conversations, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Not the typical kind of typo <laughs> or autocorrect either. Not the usual autocorrect. Exactly. I tried to reverse hack it even and make it so that anytime I typed, um, anyway, anytime I, time I typed I, that it would change something else. It was supposed to work. It didn't. <laughs> so oh if your world God, feels a lot funny. like that, whether it's the your local elections, which I know we had uh, some local elections um, last night uh, all across the country in the United States, um, or whether yeah. it is your own personal life and relationships, or whether you know whether it's just you know being alive on the planet, what's going on for you right <laughs> <Yeah>. now? <laughs> Good question. (laughs) And what can we do about it? Yeah. I mean, that's always, I know for both of you and I, Stephanie, we're always like, what other choices do we have? How can we have more ease with whatever is showing up? And especially in times like these when it is just crazyville. (laughs) I mean, there is so much crazy going on in the world. You know, the amount of disasters and the amount of violence and just, so many different things uh, from worldwide to personal. And um, yeah, so what can we do? And um, you know what you brought up with how we've defined ourselves. Um, that's one route we could go with this conversation, um, which is kind of an interesting one because it, it is like 
you know, who, where I go with it is like, wow, everything I've decided I am, like I've decided is true for me or important to me or just how I am, you know, all the definitions I have of me and my own life, um, does that actually empower me to have ease with what is showing up in my life? And that's always kind of the perspective I have. Like, are the choices I'm making actually empowering me to get through this with more ease? Or or am I making things even more difficult for myself or more stuck in whatever it is that's showing up? So, uh, Well, I've seen, I've seen two sides of this. So actually more than two sides of this. But for me, I've been looking at the definitions that I've given myself and really really have been asking what 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 choices can I make that energy can I be so here's where we start talking about energy space and consciousness so um what energy space and consciousness can I be to be out of definition out of limitation out of linearity out of firm out of structure and out of concentricity for all eternity has been one of the questions that I've been asking but I've been asking this question for years um When we ask questions, we receive the information that we can receive at the time. So I find that whenever I ask a question like this and ask it over the course of years, the information I get about it changes and it gets more dynamic um, as time goes on. And, you know, questions that when I first start asking them sound um, philosophical in nature as if they're just an idea over time become really pragmatic so this one, the more the more that I unfolds, the more they become actual useful tools in my everyday life. And this one is one that, after asking for five years, um, is starting to become a useful tool for my everyday life. And so, you know, I was walking through the woods yesterday and was looking at a number of different a number of different topics as I do, um, including relationships and. One of the things that I was looking at, because um, we'll be doing a uh, a workshop shortly on mm-hmm. relationships. There's a whole bunch of us that are part of the Being You Adventures Dazzle, or not the Dazzle, but the team, uh-huh. like the all of the, the uh-huh. facilitators for Being You Adventures. We've taken yeah. topics and we've divided them amongst the facilitators. And I'm on one of the calls, one of the three calls for relationships. So I've been asking myself questions. Uh-huh about what I know about them and looking at what relationships are like for me right now. So I was walking through the woods asking about that and then, and then started asking, and if I was undefined, if I didn't have a definition of who I am in relationship, what would I actually be aware of here? And what I started really getting was how many choices we have available to us if we don't have ourselves defined in a specific way. And so what I really get is that a lot of us have basically been trying to give ourselves less choices as if having too many choices is the problem in living. So, but every definition that we give ourselves or everything that we decide, I've been on a few dates recently and one of the first things that people just start giving a list of all the things that they have very defined about themselves, about the way they live, about 
um, what they'll eat, yeah. what they won't eat, how they'll exercise, how they won't exercise, where they'll go, where they won't go, where they'll live, where they won't live, what kind of place they'll live in, what kind of place they won't live in, what they've decided uh. about money, what they've decided not about money. And, wow. and each one of these things comes with sort of a pride that they've figured it out. And I get that. Years ago, I was trying to do the exact same thing, trying to become more defined so that I could be really clear about what it is that I desired in life. But having a list of what you will do and won't do doesn't actually, doesn't actually do what a lot of us think that it will do. <laughs> it ends well, up yeah. creating... Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that it ends up creating all these blind spots, for one, yeah. of not seeing why what you're choosing isn't working to create the result you would like. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I've seen with that is it just, yeah, you know, we start getting blindsided by, you know, I thought my choice to, for this is going to turn out this certain way, and I keep choosing it, and it keeps not quite turning out that way. (laughs) Well, that's a great point. That's a great point because usually the decisions that we've made of, let's just say, I will eat this, I won't eat this, and I will exercise this way and I won't move my body this way. We've decided that we want to do something like be safe and be fit. But we're not yeah. actually asking the question every day, well, you know, what can I do that my body would is that that would be safe for my body today? What what movement can I do? What actions can I do? What kind of events and activities can I do that would be good for my body today? That's a really different question than, you know, or is it really different than making the conclusion that you want to be safe and then having your own definitions of what would make you safe. And that's where we get really pinned in by these things that seem like a good idea. Okay, well, I, I want to live a long yeah. time, but we don't actually ask the question every day, well, what could I choose today that would actually add to the health and longevity of this body? That would actually yeah. begin giving the information you require to have those things. But what we do is we go ahead and decide what we think should create the things we want, and then we make those the rules we live by. When those rules may not actually work, to create what you want, which is what Heather had said, right? Like the, the, yeah. the ideas we have about what should create the things we'd like to have in our lives are not necessarily the things that will. And because you've decided that is what will keep you safe or what will make your life longer, you can't let go of them or you can't see anything outside of them. Whereas if yeah. you start asking, if you start really looking at what target was in the first place with all these rules and definitions and go, Oh, wow. You know, I really just wanted to live a fun, long, happy life. Start asking for that. What would it take today to create a fun, long, happy life? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Go for the direct route of what you actually would like to have rather than trying to judge and determine and decide the right way to get the end result decided you'd like (laughs) a skinny skinny blonde with big boobs should make my life happy okay so now where's my you know my skinny blonde with big boobs and then you can't see if anything else would actually truly make you happy because now all you have as a target is a skinny blonde with big boobs not the happy long fun life (laughs) yeah and it might not match that you know it could 
but it but uh-huh. you'll never notice and you'll never have it be able to show up if it doesn't match that picture exactly. You just won't even notice. And so I have another like a pragmatic example of this. Um, with relationships that I've had in my own life, which is um, (laughs) realizing that I am a total romantic. Like, I really didn't get how much of a romantic I am (laughs) until recently. I was like, when did you realize this? Yeah, (laughs) just recently. (laughs) I mean, I kind of knew, but I, I, you know, I'm like, oh, wow. No, I am, like, really a romantic. Okay. <laughs> so, so Wait, how, the, may I ask how you came to this realization? Well, uh, it was a combination of a bunch of different things. Um, I was actually exploring um, things that I was exploring ways that I've been lying to myself lying to myself about who I am or how I am. And um, it was kind of a random thing. I was thinking about romantic movies, right? And I'm like, I watch a lot of romantic movies, especially from like, you know, 16th, 17th, 18th centuries characters and stories and stuff like that. And like tons of movies like that, even to the point of like, it's, they're so, like, they're kind of boring. I mean, a lot of them are slow and trite and, like, all these things, but they're all romantic, right? And so I was like, God, how many of these movies do I actually have to watch to get over this point of view of, like, these are my favorite movies or these kind of movies you've are my favorite? Written, you've also yeah. written a romance novel. Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah. The Pharaoh's Builders pretty much is a romance novel too. (laughs) It's very it's it's hidden nicely, like so you can read it and not think that you're reading a romance novel. So guys, you can totally read it and and you and it's fun because it has all sorts of other stuff in it that sort of distracts you from it being a romance novel. (laughs) Yeah, but it is. But it's pretty sexy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, um, yeah, there were other things, too, but I can't think of anything else specific other than, like, realizing just how many romantic movies I watch and romantic stories and kind of getting bored with them, but not enough to not watch them. (laughs) (laughs) We're about to we're about to go into this is one of my guilty things. I don't actually feel guilty about it, but starting starting around now, starting near the holidays, I pretty much go on a romantic movie binge all the holiday (laughs) films all the holiday romance films they are they're about to go on rotation at my house (laughs) that's so funny so so back to the pragmatic part though so you know I actually have no I do have more to this (laughs) so I have known for a long time that I am a romantic but it's just like a whole new level of awareness of it but the pragmatic parts of it is when I was uh, in my early or late teens, I was like 19, I think, um, I didn't get how much of a romantic I was. So I was blinding myself um, in like how I, I was functioning as a romantic, but I wasn't acknowledging it. And I was seeing the world through the lens of romance rather than looking at the person in front of me. So, so, 
for example, I was like, what is that phrase? Yeah, exactly. Nothing very good. So, uh, so this was the one time in my life that I was almost raped. Is from this almost and almost raped? Is almost. that what you said? Yeah. Yes. Almost raped. So I was. It was like a full full moon night, and I was on a ship <laughs> cruising on the Mediterranean, and met a young guy from wherever. I think he was from Turkey, actually, which I didn't realize he was from Turkey at the time. It took me a little bit to realize that. But I only spoke English. I didn't speak any other language. He didn't speak English, really. So anyway, he got me coffee and stuff. And like I said, it was a moonlit night. I'm on the Mediterranean. It was a cute guy. So I'm all romantic, right? I would love to, like, hold hands in the moonlight and make out or something, right? And this guy, yeah, so that was my idea of what I would like. And, you know, the situation was all there. I was completely blind to who this guy was and how he was. And this guy had no romantic notion at all, right? That was not what was going on in his world. So he's like, oh, you know, cute young uh, American, I can get laid, right? So. You know, long story short, basically, he wanted to have sex, like, out on the deck of the ship, <laughs> and I didn't. So, you know, I got out of the situation, and, and nothing bad happened with it. But I was like, oh, my God. I From that moment on, I'm like, I am never making myself that stupid again to project onto another person how I would like them to be and what I would like to have happen without having any awareness of the person in front of me. Cause the guy in front of me, he didn't give any indication of being romantic. <laughs> like after I looked at it afterwards, I'm like, Oh yeah, he was, he was like totally, he was into me because he wanted to like, sh- you know, bone down and shag. Like, you know, he, he wanted to fuck. He wasn't into anything romantic. <laughs> so it was a big wake-up call. And, you know, luckily I was able to go through that experience and have to experience, uh, you know, rape or something like that. That is like, oh, wow, that is how that happens, you know, blinding yourself to who the person is and what the situation is based on my point of view and ideals and how I would like it to be. So, uh, yeah, kind of dramatic example, <laughs> but uh, a valuable one, you know. Well, I I'm looking at when you you know as you're telling that story, I'm I'm looking at all the all the places in my life where I have heard in my head, <laughs> basically, uh-huh. it, it should be able to be this way. Like all the yeah. shoulds are basically a romantic notion of the world. Any should that you have, it should be. People should yeah, be nice. It should be, people yeah, should, it should respect be fine. one another. People should we you, know, you should be able to and make out with don't. somebody and not get raped. Um, yeah. And yeah. wow. Okay, so that is a new level. There's there's been a lot for me that whole you know the question what's going on. <laughs> I, I yeah. really get that we're we're at a we're at a sort of crossroads culturally and you know for our our own our own lives really looking yeah. at this question what have we decided should exist 
And are we actually looking at the, like, what are we actually looking at? Right. So if I, you know, if mm-hmm. I have a should, you know, well, a president should be looking out for the best for the country. And, you know, is that actually what's happening? Maybe. Is that actually what, you know, is that what, you know, your current leader, is that actually what they're doing? And is this one of those places where we get blinded to what's happening? I don't, not, not to make this political, but just really looking at, you know, any should that we have can make it so that we don't actually see what's happening in front of us or even can't. Um, it's easier to look at in our personal lives sometimes than it is to look at it on all, you know, in, in all these other areas where we think that other people may have more information than us. But they may not. Like people, people no, in positions of power may not actually have more information than you. What if each and every one of us, what if some of the information that we're actually getting is how much responsibility, like being able to respond, response, response able, how much, you know, how much are we actually being asked right now by nature, in our political lives, in our romantic lives, all of the areas that we've divided our lives into? What, what if what we're being asked to do is really look at what is and then ask ourselves, what is it going to take to create the life and the reality that we'd truly like to have? I had a moment this week where I, um, I realized that I had been waiting for other people to invite me to my life. And I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't know that. And that's such a weird thing to see these, these big overarching themes in our lives that have been pretty invisible to us, not to others, but to our, just to us. Mm-hmm. And, and that yeah. one... And what I realized is I kept having this um, desire to be invited. And then when I really looked at it, I went, well, if you're having the desire to be invited, what's actually happening here? So this is, this sounds like I'm taking this in a different direction, but really each one of these things that we've talked about is about really looking at what's going on and then being yeah. really more honest than you'd like to be with yourself about what that is and then making choices from there. So if my thought a lot was, well, I'd to be invited to participate, I'm like, well, who am I waiting on to invite me? Well, that's a new question. Like if I'm waiting to be, who's supposed <laughs> to notice that I'm here, right? We're not in a dance hall. Right. We're somewhere. Like I'm literally <laughs> living my own life and I'm wanting to be invited to something that I'm not even sure I know what that is. And so I started looking at the point of view that was under it, which was, I don't fit here. But I haven't felt bad mm-hmm. about that in a really long time. Like I used to, you know, be right. like, why don't, why don't I fit here? So because I haven't felt bad about it, and it hasn't been something that's bothered me, I forgot to ask questions about that too. Um, this week, mm-hmm. whenever I went, oh, I'm waiting to be invited. What am I waiting to be invited to? And who am I waiting to be invited by? What is the underlying point of view here? Oh, that I don't fit. There's no place for me here. And then I went, well, is there? So there was some idea that if someone in, would invite me, that there would be a place for me here. And that's when I went, wow. Well, what if there's not actually a place for me here? Now, this is, sounds defeatist, but bear with me for a second because it gets different. <laughs> so what if there actually isn't a place for me here? 
And I went, well, that's actually kind of true. And I went, all right, cool. Would I be willing to make, would I be willing to create a world in which there is room for me? That's very different than waiting to be invited. It basically was like, oh, well, if I want a world that has room for people who are different, if I want that world to exist, I may be one of the people, and I've noticed, I may be one of the people who has to actually create that. And so, you know, is it time for all of the people who have a really different idea of how the world could be? Is it time for each and every one of us to begin looking at, well, how could I make a world in which there's room for me to exist? Because we've made room for all sorts of other people. We've made room for bullies. We've made room for terrorists. We've made room for mean people. We've made, and in some ways we've made them really important. Like when you watch the news, if you were coming here from another planet and you watch the news, you would think that that is what we valued. You would think that yep. the bullying and the meanness and the unkindness and the tragedy, that that is what we worship. What, and so yep. what would it take to actually create a world that that's not the case, where we're actually looking at something different, creating something different, where there is room for happiness, where there is room for joy, where people don't define themselves by the things they hate, but but maybe even um, express themselves about the things that they enjoy. Like when you first meet someone, you know, the two things that people generally talk about are things they hate and will never do, don't want to do, and have defined themselves right. by that. And then a few bands that they like, right? Like, <laughs> so you're allowed to like some music, right. but then immediately after saying what you do like, then you have to follow it up with what you don't like. And, and that's just a choice. That's not how things actually are. That's the way we've decided to sort of break the world into pieces and, and to, you know, decide who our tribe is. But what if we're no longer looking at, you know, one of the possibilities is that we don't create those separations for the tribes in the same way, but really begin looking at, you know, what is it to create a life in which I can thrive and be happy and stoke in the planet or what is important to you? Yeah, that's excellent. I love it. it yeah, it's really, um, for me, where the rubber meets the road with these kinds of questions is beginning with, like, okay, what what is true for me? What is my point of view about this, really? And who is the person in front of me? Like, how, you know, how are they actually behaving? Like, not just what they say, but what do they do? And how do they live their life? And what kind of actions are they taking? Because it's only when we address what actually is true that we have choice and we have the ability to change things. And that, um, that's, it's kind of challenging, especially if we put rose-colored glasses of one kind or another on, you know, and are looking at how the world should be rather than how it actually is. Um, you know, it, it's, it takes some, it takes a choice. <laughs> it takes a little courage and it may take some time uh, to start to look at that and really be brutally honest with ourselves about what that is. And that, the empowering part of that, though, is, again, when you're addressing what is actually true for you, even if it's not true for anyone else, that's where you have choice. That's where you have the ability to change anything. You know, that, that's the place of empowerment. Um, to have the ability to 
create the world we'd really like to have, you know. Um, so to me, it's always about the pragmatics and the practical choices that we have available to create this. Like, like you said, Stephanie, you know, if we really would like to have a different world and a different country and our own personal lives to be different, where do we start? You know, what can we choose? And what would actually be a different choice? Because, you know, so much uh, for me of what's blaring up in the world is these same choices that all of us as a whole have been making over and over and over again, which is to define ourselves by what we love and what we hate, um, to focus on the trauma and drama and upset and injustice and horrible things and, uh, you know, and live in reaction to that. You know, how's that working? <laughs> is that really what we'd like to be choosing? Is that really where we'd like to be putting our attention? And and what is it that's creating that? Because we all contribute. And for me, the exciting part is that I have a choice about what I contribute and how I contribute to the world in my everyday choices, in my everyday actions. Um, again, that's for me where the rubber meets the road in empowering myself with these really big questions, you know, <laughs> these are big questions yeah. in life and it's up for everyone. I'm sure it's, you know, it's, it's starting to be a topic of conversation of how, how do we handle all these things and what really would change it? So uh, I'm excited for each of the callers, everyone listening to this the show today of, you know, what, what choices do you have available that you never realize? And, you know, the way to get there is by looking at what is actually true for you. Man. Yeah. <laughs> when you say that, I realize what a big ask that is. So is. we have yeah. tasked you with a gigantic ask to really begin looking at what what's happening right in front of you. And if we didn't rewrite everybody's just by what we would choose, what would we actually see that people's choices are? Who would we see in front of us? If you, if you see everybody through the lens of they must mean well, but someone is being mean to you in front of your face, you know, what, what is it when we start looking and going, wow, that person's behaving, behaving meanly and really just going, cool. If they're behave, if they're behaving meanly and I don't rewrite the script of what they're thinking in their head to make it better, what choice do I have here and what choice can I make to create the yeah. life and world that I'd like to have? That's big. So it's really <laughs> big. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, for me, a key to make it easier to go here and, and start to look at this in our own lives is to drop all the judgments. Like when you let go of anything that you've ever chosen being right or wrong or good or bad and anything other people have chosen as being right or good or wrong or bad, just look at what is without the filter of judgment, then there's choice. Then there's the ability to see what actually is and not have to fight it, also not have to agree with it, but just, wow, this is what's going on. This is how this person is choosing to be. When you drop the judgments again and don't try to categorize it as right or wrong or good or bad, 
then you have more choice. Then you have the ability to see a different possibility that you can't notice if you just push it all into judgment of it's good and right or it's bad and wrong. Um, that's a world of no choice when we put it into those kind of categories. Um, so it it may sound like a huge thing to let go of the judgments of what someone is choosing, and I encourage you to just try it out for yourself and see what you notice. Um, I know for me, of, of practicing that for the last 20 years, um, sometimes it's still a challenge, and most of the time it just creates so much more ease in my world when I let go of the judgment of it all, the judgment of me or the judgment of them, and just look at it without judgment. Wow. I'm going to add one more question before we go because we're already at yeah. the top of the, <laughs> the, the middle of the yeah. hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been asking the question to, to get to that no judgment place. One of the questions I've asked this week has been, if I had no, um, what was the word? Because the words that are popping now are desire for this to be different. If I didn't need for this to, to be different, if I didn't desire for this to be different, if this didn't have to be different, what would I see? Yeah. yeah. And that's actually cool. weirdly given me a hack to get around the right wrong because that, um, that yeah. can be sort of a challenging thing to let go of. But whenever I've asked that question of myself, you know, if I didn't need this to be different, because usually when I'm judging something, I have a need for it to be different. So if someone's not being kind and I have the need for it to be different, meaning I don't want them to be, I don't want to know that they're unkind, right? Like I don't want to judge that they're unkind, but that's, mm-hmm. that's a need. That's a need for me to not know what I know. <laughs> yeah. so if I go, when I ask the question, if I didn't need for this to be different, if I didn't want for this to be different, what would I actually see here? And um, that's given me a way to actually have a lot clearer view of what's happening right in front of me. So, again, we've tasked you with a big task this week. Let us know how this goes for you or if you have any questions. Um, I do get that we actually could talk in more detail about some of these things, but it's often easier for us to talk about things when you have questions about them. So if you have any questions, let us know. You can find us on Facebook at the good girl's guide to being wrong. You can also find us at www.thegoodgirlsguidetobeingwrong.com. That will take you to our blog talk radio page. And um, you can also find us. Yeah. I'm like that Facebook. Those are two good places to find us. Yeah, that connects to everywhere else, I think. <laughs> so, thank and you all we'll so much. For... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> thank you for all it. so That's much for joining this week. <laughs> yeah. And um, we'll look forward to next time. And, you know, until then, have a good week. Take care of yourself. Be kind to you. And um, what if you being you is the gift the world requires. Thanks, everyone. See you next week at noon Pacific. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio or the Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong.com.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.